0: Turn this morning to the book of Acts, Acts chapter number twenty. Acts chapter number twenty. By now, on Sundays, you knew we'd be in the book of Acts, and based on the last four or five Sundays, you probably guessed we'd still be in Acts chapter number twenty. And so, we find ourselves there uh, again this morning. Unless the Lord changes my mind, I'll preach again from this chapter. Uh, The uh, depths of the Word of God are never ending, and. uh, I look forward to seeing what the Lord has for us uh, this morning. Uh, Acts chapter number twenty, and if you recall, uh, what is what is taking place in this chapter? Uh, Paul uh, is c- c- come in, and he's speaking to. All these different ministers, all these different churches, and uh, all these people again. And he's going to see them for the last time. He's giving them admonitions. And if you think back to chapter uh, uh, 28 through uh, 30, 31, he's speaking to the churches and to the uh, men of God, and some things to pay attention to. And we're going to pick up this morning in verse number 32. So if you'll re- follow along with me, Acts chapter number 20 in verse number 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring You ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I want to take these uh, verses here, and I want to to draw your attention back to verse number 32. And we'll look at all these verses this morning. Paul Paul is speaking, he says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God. This morning I want to speak on the subject of left in his care left in his care. Father, I pray that uh, this time remaining will be a time where we put our attention and our focus on what you have for us this morning. I pray the Holy Spirit of God will speak to hearts this morning, will strengthen those that are uh, weak in their own flesh this morning, that will encourage the discouraged. Uh, May you give us uh, conviction in the areas that is needed as well. Father, I pray once again that there's someone lost, someone unsaved, someone who if they died this very day, they have died in their sins to perish for all of eternity. May they realize their need of Jesus this morning and may they call on Him. I pray that You'll bless our remaining time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul, throughout this chapter, has given a lot of admonition. Paul has invested... In these churches, Paul had invested in these preachers. Paul had invested in these Christians. He is coming, we're coming to the end of this chapter, and Paul knows that his journey is gonna move him on, and he is not gonna see these people who he has loved and who he has invested in again. He knows this is the last time uh, he will visit, he knows this is the last time uh, that he'll spend time with them. And then as he comes to the end of the chapter, he says, and now, brethren, uh, the preceding verses I've already alluded to, he's given some very strong admonitions of things to take heed to. Uh, He has spoken about uh, what the Holy Spirit has done in every town that he has gone to. Uh, He has uh, talked about the wonderful uh, salvation that comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about how he's fulfilled his role of telling all that he could about Uh, What Jesus had did done on Calvary, and uh, verse twenty six reminds us. He says, "I am pure from the blood of all men," meaning I have fulfilled my responsibility. I have preached the gospel. I have not backed up. I have not, (coughs) excuse me, quit. I have fulfilled my role. And now he gets down to verse number thirty two, and he says, "And now, brethren, I commend you to God." What is he saying? He is saying, I am leaving you in his care. Paul had been a mentor. Paul had been a father in the faith, if you will. Paul had given them an example, as he writes of in the book of Second Timothy, of that fully known life. Uh, Paul had given them an example of someone who depended completely on God. Paul had given them an example of a man yielded to Christ, what that life could be, and the things that could be accomplished through a life. Paul had given them an example of the very people who uh, oppressed him, the very ones uh, who would persecute him. He still had a love in his heart for them, and his desire at all costs was to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, preach Christ crucified and resurrected so that all men might know Christ. Paul and his humanity, Paul and his limitations, Paul and his failures had done all he could do to help the churches as well as reach the lost. He comes to verse 32, though, and he says, I'm now leaving you in God's care. As much of a wonderful example as Paul was, and as much as Paul invested in himself, uh, there's no better place to be than to be left in the care of the Almighty God. That is a wonderful place to be i 'm sure uh, there was some emotion in this meeting as it began to come to an end and If you skipped ahead to the end of the chapter, that emotion <coughs> excuse me would be evident and obvious as the scripture records it there 's emotion there 's sorrow in that goodbye, knowing there 's going to be a separation until all of those here would be reunited in heaven. In the future. Uh, but we see here, in spite of the emotion, in spite of the doubt, if you will, these had depended on Paul. They had looked to Paul. And now Paul says, I've done all that I can do for you. I, I, I've, I've set the example that I could set for you. I have taught you all that I could teach you. And he says, now I commend you to God. I am leaving you in His care. In the times of dangers and pitfalls that you'll still face, just remember you're in God's care. You won't be able to call on me anymore, but you're in the care of God. In the midst of your uncertain times and your uncertainty that life brings, you may not be able to call on me anymore, but I commend you to God. I am leaving you, ...in the care of God. When no man can help you, ladies and gentlemen... ...when there's nobody to call on... ...Paul is reminding them, do not despair... Do not give up, because you are in the care of the Almighty God. And I'm sure they were thankful for how much Paul had gone the extra mile with them. I'm sure they were grateful for all that Paul had meant to them, and how some wouldn't even be saved if it was not for the Apostle Paul, and how some were discouraged, and it was the Apostle Paul who encouraged them. It was at the feet of the Apostle Paul, if you will, when he gave that instruction as that Apostle of Christ, the instruction of, of from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure they appreciated all of that, but Paul is saying, I am commending you to the care of one who can do for you what I cannot do for you, and that is the Almighty God. And friend, that is a wonderful place to be in the care of God. Just as Paul was saying, I leave you in his care to these individuals this day, I think it is good... For you and I to be uh, reminded on the first Sunday of September of 2018, there is no better place to be than in the care of an almighty God." When the dangers and the pitfalls come, uh, being in His care is exactly where you and I want to be. When the uncertain times of life come, just remember being in the care of God is, is contentment. Being in the care of God is exactly where we need to be. There's going to be times, ladies and gentlemen, when your pastor cannot be a help to you. You've got to depend on the care of God. There's times, young people, when mom and dad aren't going to be there to help you. You've got to depend on the care of God. There's times, Christians, when you're going to be all alone and it seems that like no man can help you, and no man can solve your problem for you. And- no man can, 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 can get you through the, the trial or the journey that you're in. Just remember, there's no better place than being in the care of an almighty God. And when man's limitations uh, are evident, God's uh, lack of limitations is just as obvious. Being in the care of God is a wonderful place to be. He says, I leave you, I commend you to God. He is leaving them in his care. Paul goes on in our text, and he touches on several things that I want to bring out this morning with that in mind of being left in the care of God. There are some things that are evident when you're in his care. Paul depended on God. Paul did not depend on his flesh. Paul depended on God. Paul was in places in his life where he had to depend on God. In the, in the prisons, he had to depend on God. In the lonely times, he had to depend on God. That thorn in the flesh that he, he wrote about, he had to depend on God. Uh, to do the work that was accomplished, he had to depend on God. And we find some things that when you're left in his care, that you will find to be true and evident. First of all, we see in verse 32, he says, And now, brethren... I commend you to God into the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I find, first of all, when you're left in His care, you find true comfort. He writes of, of uh, to the word of His grace, uh, the grace of God. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Aren't you thankful for salvation? You and I, if you're saved this morning, you and I, we didn't deserve salvation. We couldn't earn salvation. For by grace are ye saved through faith. It is the gift of God. And the grace of God will sustain you. The grace of God will keep you. The grace of God will help you navigate through the the storms of life. He says, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace the message of a risen Savior. And notice what He says, uh, the word of His grace, notice in your Bible that next phrase, which is able to build you up. Aren't you glad the grace of God was enough to save you? Aren't you glad that risen Savior, that, that one who, the perfect Son of God, who paid your sin debt, paid my sin debt, who we put our complete faith and trust in, and we receive salvation. But friend, that same God, that, that same word of, 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 of great, word of His grace is mentioned, Is able to build you up. And being built up, it says it is and to give you an inheritance among all them or sanctioned time. I want you to notice those three words, which is able. There's power in the grace of God. I think most of us, if not all of us, could give testimony. Is there's some things in our life we don't know how we've gotten through. This is what we say as Christians. Oh but the, but the grace of God, we get used to saying that, but friend, there's truth to that. There's reality to that. There are things we can look back and say, I don't know how I got through it, but the grace of God, can you describe it? I can't describe it. I don't know how I got through it. I don't know how we endured it. I don't know how we overcame it. I don't know how we survived it, but for the grace of God, friend, let me remind you, the grace of God that had the power to save you is the same grace of God that has the power to build you up to sustain you, to, 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 to uh, uh, gird you up in the faith. It's the same faith, the same grace is able to build you up. There's power in that grace. I'm afraid so many Christians don't realize or they forget the power they have, the power of the grace of God. The it will sustain you. Notice the scripture, it says, which is able to build you up. <clears throat> that is talking of establishing in the midst of hardships. You know, we fail to notice the grace of God when things are going well. It's there, it's always there. We just don't pay as much attention to it when everything's going well. But it's in those hard times we really realize what we have in the grace of God. Paul is saying, I am giving you to God the word of His grace, which is able to build you up, establish you in the midst of hardship. See, what he's saying is when it gets hard, you don't have to give up on God. You don't have to quit. Because it is powerful enough to build you up, to establish you, to, to affirm you in that faith in the midst of hardships. Christian, you don't have to quit in the midst of your tough times. Uh, you don't have to fall by the wayside. You don't have to get discouraged to the point that you're just going to give up on God and say, why has this happened? How have I gotten here? Uh, you are, if you're committed and you're left in His care, with His grace, it is enough. It is powerful enough to establish you and no man can undo what God has done. Are you saved this morning? If you're saved... You can't change it. No man can change it. You were saved, sealed into that day of redemption. There is nothing anybody can do about it. That is the power of the grace of God. You may say, I got saved, and I'm thankful that, that all of my sins were paid for, but I've sinned since I got saved. Well, get, Let me let me help you with something. You're like everybody else in the room. We've all sinned since we've got saved, and guess what? My salvation doesn't give me a license to sin, but I can tell you this morning that even. Though I'm still a sinner, I'm still saved because of the power of the grace of God. That same grace will sustain you in your hardships, that same grace will help you overcome your difficulties. And Paul is saying there's true comfort in being left in His care. This morning you may say, there's no man that can help me. Be comforted this morning, because if you're in His care, you don't need any man to help you, because you have the grace of God that will build you, the grace of God that will sustain you. He says it is able to build you up. It also signifies the hope in the midst of danger. Pastor, I'm facing some difficult things. Pastor, I'm facing things I don't know if I'm going to get through. Let me give you some hope. That hope is the grace of God. Pastor, can you tell me how am I going to get through it? Well, I may not be able to tell you how you're going to get through it, but I can tell you this. That if you're left in his care, be comforted this morning, because the same grace that saves you is the same grace that will sustain you and build you up. There is always hope for the Christian. There is always hope for the one who just leaves it all in the hands of God. There is always hope for those who are in his care. But he also says, if I mean, I think we could go home on that promise right there. If that was all that was meant by being left in His care. But notice verse 32 after it says, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. In order to get an inheritance, you have to be a rightful heir. You can't just show up to anybody's reading of the will and claim part of the inheritance. You have to be a rightful heir to lay claim to an inheritance. And what Paul is writing to these Christians, what Paul is writing to these churches who have been established in the faith in these pagan lands, what Paul is writing to those uh, pastors uh, who are bearing the burden on the front lines of the spiritual warfare. He's saying, "Friend, don't be discouraged. Uh, There there is comfort in the care of God, and not only is the Word of His grace, the grace of God, the finished work of Calvary, enough to sustain you in the hard times. He says, be comforted. He's going to give you an inheritance among all them which is saved. Do you realize this morning, you and I, as the children of God, as the heir of God, we have, uh, the, own, we have the rights to all that God has. And friend, let me tell you something. God's got more than anybody else. Uh, God's got more than, than any, the wealthiest men who've ever walked this planet. God is owner of all things. And not only is God the owner of wealth, that's what we think of. God is the owner of joy. God is the one who gives peace. God is the one who gives comfort. God is the one who sustains you in your darkest hours, in your lowest times. God has it all. And Paul is saying, you have an inheritance. You have it. You have the right to all that God has. I don't know if this next part is going to help you like it helps me. But notice what the wording of Scripture is. You an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Sometimes we look at Bible characters like Paul and say, well, he, he's got a lot coming to him for what he did for God. And there are crowns that you can win. There are rewards that you can lay up in heaven. But you know, that inheritance is for all of them that are sanctified. It's not the promises of God and the greatness of God is not just for the pastor. It's not just for certain individuals. I think sometimes Christians think that way. They think, well, the grace of God, I'm certainly glad that's good there for the pastor. Friend, that's for you. Oh, the joy that comes from, from God. That, that, that's, just for, that, that's not for me. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not anybody. I, I, I don't accomplish anything for the Lord. Friend, it's for all those who are saved. There's no comfort like the comfort of God. Uh, there's no peace that like, the, like the peace that comes from serving God. And that inheritance, he's saying, uh, in, in the care of God, there's true comfort. Friend, there's no comfort in living for yourself in this world never enough never enough he says there is true comfort when left in his care I notice also secondly he writes in verse 33 I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel not only does Paul write and say there is true comfort when left in his care he he writes and tells them there is true contentment when left in his care Paul writes in verse 33, I've coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. What is Paul saying? He's saying I've been satisfied with God's care and provision. God has taken care of me. And I've been satisfied with that. Friend, every one of us could give a testimony this morning regardless of how much money you have in your bank account, regardless of how nice a vehicle you drove to this property, or maybe you didn't drive to this property this morning, all of us, if we're honest, would have to give a testimony. God has taken care of us. God has provided for us. Not only with the things we need to sustain ourselves, but... God has provided for us in those dark times. God has given us things that we didn't even anticipate. I love praying for things and having God at His hand provide for me. But, friend, I can give just as much testimony of the things I didn't even ask for that God has given me, the things I haven't even been aware of that I needed that God has already provided for me. God has been so good to us, He has provided for us. And Paul is saying, I've just been satisfied with letting God take care of me. It'll be good for the Christian this morning to be reminded if you're left in his care, you can find contentment in that. Let me tell you, when Christians get in trouble, they get discontented with their needs taken care of. They get discontented with living by faith. God, when are you going to take care of this? He said you got, in, in, in the Holy Spirit, if we're listening, will remind us of Scripture that reminds us you got what you need today. You have all that you need today. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. It's not, it's not tomorrow yet. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. It's not next week yet. I don't, a lot of people waste a lot of good worries. You worry about things that haven't even happened yet. We can kind of understand it if we worry about things that have happened. But let, let's wait until it actually happens before we worry about it. Pastor, I got to talk to you. Okay. What if? What if this and this and this, what am I going to do? And I've learned as I've gotten older and more experienced. Usually the answer is something like this Well, when all that happens, come back and see me and we'll figure out what to do. Friend, God's got it under control. God knows what you need today. He's provided what you need today. Don't get discontented where you're at today in the will of God. Paul is saying, I have not coveted any man's gold, any man's silver, any man's apparel, any of their possessions, because God has taken good enough care of me. I've just been satisfied with letting God take care of me. Christian, let me ask you this morning, are you satisfied with what God is providing for you? Or is it not enough? Or are you looking at what they've got a little bit more and they've got a little bit more? And wouldn't it be nice to have this and this as we're all prone to do? But friend, when you are reminded that you're in In the care of an almighty God, you can truly be content with what God has provided for you because we have the promises of Scripture that says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We have the promises of Scripture that says if a sparrow falls, uh, God knows how much more does He know your needs? How much more does He care about my needs? And there's true contentment being satisfied with God's care And provision. But notice also in verse 34. He says yea ye yourselves know. These hands have ministered unto my necessities. And to them that were with me. But he does tag on to that. I've been satisfied with what God has done with. I've worked as well. When I've needed to work I've worked. I've made the tents. I've done what I've needed to do. These hands have worked. You've seen me. And, and, but I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that get to that. Well, God's going to take care of me, and they don't want to put any effort with it. God answers prayer, but you got to pray. God blesses faithfulness, but you got to be faithful. God blesses obedience, but you got to be obedient. God God does not bless lazy people. See, God's not a socialist. God's not a communist. God doesn't bless laziness. I, I believe... As the Bible teaches, that every man ought to work, every man ought to make an effort. But I believe that also applies in the spiritual blessings of God. Uh, you, is there some Christians, they don't want to darken the door of a church ever at all, until they need something from God, until they need a miracle from God. And in God's graciousness, He is better than us than we ever deserve. But friend, Paul has given a testimony. I have been content with what God has done for me, but I have not been afraid to do my part. I have not been too lazy to do what I can do. And friend, you and I, spiritually speaking, we've got to do everything that we are able to do, and then God will provide the rest, and we need to be content with that. Well, I didn't think I'd be working this hard. Well, be content with God's provision. I thought I'd be retired by now. You're only 45 I thought I would be in better. Well, at least you got the health to keep working. Well, God does so much. Big is true. Hey, God's got it all worked out. God's in control. Be content with that. You are in His care, and being in the care of an Almighty God brings true contentment. Paul continues to write as he's. Or he, he was speaking of Paul, he, he not only says, I'm giving you to God and there's true comfort and there's true contentment when we're in his care, but we find in verse 35, there's true ministry. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring, you ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Verse 35 is a wonderful verse for you and I to remember. I've showed you all things. How that's so laboring, you ought to support the weak. True ministry is found in the care of God. And it is supporting the weak. See, when we live to help meet the needs of other people, That is ministry. A lot of Christians have the mindset, I want to get to that church so that church can do for me. And friend, can I say, coming to the house of God will do some things for you. It will help you. It will encourage you. It will will build you up in the faith. It will challenge you. It will, when you are in that valley, it will encourage you. But friend, we also ought to be in the work of God because of what we can do for someone else how we can meet the needs of someone else. Friend, quit waiting. Quit waiting for God to give you a sign in the sky of what you should do for Him and go and help somebody. Go and meet a need for somebody. Go be an encouragement to somebody. Go provide for somebody. Often we have this mindset. Well, pastor, I heard that this and this and this, and so you can take care of it. Well, friend, if God revealed it to you, you've got to at least consider He may want you to take care of it. He may want you to pray for them. He may want you for to work things out. It is helping those who are weak. This can be weak in the faith. This could be weak physically. Let me say this. All of us will be weak at some point. Even the strong. At Some point in your life, if you haven't already been there, you're going to be weak. And you're going to need somebody to help meet your needs. No man is self-sustaining No man will never have a weakness. No man will never have a need. We're all going to need the help of God's people at some point. Wouldn't it be a shame for you to live your life for yourself? And then when you needed help, you look to the very people whose lives that you've done nothing to encourage them, you've done nothing to help them. But we ought to live our life true ministry if i'm in the care of god true ministry is is helping meet the needs of other people Friend, you don't realize what if you would just take that sour look off your face and smile once in a while it might be a help to somebody somebody shouldn't say i was in a good mood until i got to church Well, you want to be a help to somebody, an encouragement to somebody. Hey, pay attention to what's going on in the life of, of, of a person. It's, if usually they're happy and usually they're smiling. And then, then when you see them, they're not. You can kind of put two and two together and say there's something going on with them. There's a burden that they're bearing right now. Let me do something to encourage them. Let me do something to help them. I'm supposed to support the weak. What this does... True ministry, it makes it where we're not selfish. We ought to be be reminded that true ministry is serving others. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was a servant. He served. If there's anybody who deserves to be served, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet, in His earthly ministry, you always find Him serving. Washing the feet of the disciples. Oh, if we could be reminded, as in His care, what are we supposed to do? To find that true ministry. Well, Pastor, I'm just, I'm just waiting on what God to tell me what to do. He's told you what to do. It's in the covers of that Bible. And to Serve. Pastor, I'd like to serve in the church. I'd like to do something in the church. Well, okay. Well, there, there's a few things that we can use. We, need, we could use some nursery workers. We could use some ushers. You've seen them. You can tell they need help. We need some ushers. I mean, uh, there, there's some cleaning that needs to be done. There's, there's some nursing homes that need to visit Oh, I didn't mean that. Well, friend, what did you mean? Because that's serving, that's meeting the needs of other people. That's helping our fellow men. The greatest way that you can serve another Christian is pray for them. Have you prayed for any other Christian lately? I believe every child of God, I take their needs to God. But I believe every child of God, I take the needs of somebody else to God. Pray. For them, meet their needs. He says, uh, it's true ministry support of the week. It keeps us from being selfish. It makes us obedient. We're commanded to help one another. We're commanded to. We should not look at ministry. Every Christian ought to be, every member of a manual baptist church ought to be involved in ministry. We don't look at somebody and say, what can they do for me? And then I'll do something for them. We're to live our life. The most rewarding life is God put me here just to be a help and a blessing to everybody I come in contact with. God put me here to help everybody that, 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 that I come across uh, to, to, to either be glad that I'm coming or glad that I'm going. But one way or another, they're going to be glad when they encounter me. But there's something that's tied to that and that's the blessings of God think about this with me just for a moment God knows of every tear shed by every individual we sometimes encourage ourselves and we should when God cares for me but God cares for everybody It's amazing, I I just happen to think that God will bless somebody who just says, I'm going to use my life to help hurting people, to help people in need, to be an encouragement to people, to serve others. See, when you find yourself in the care of God, there's true comfort, there's true contentment, but there's true ministry. Friend, there's a lot of different aspects of ministry, but the greatest ministry, the true ministry, that of being a servant is what touches the heart of God. And I believe there are blessings that only a servant can understand and experience because they get the heart of God with serving other people. Then lastly this morning, we find in verse 35 as well, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus how He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Here we find true priorities. Being in the care of God, we find true comfort, true contentment, true ministry, true priorities. It's more blessed to give than to receive. We live in a selfish world today. We live in a skewed world where the viewpoint is so far from reality this world exists for me what can you do for me how can you help me I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that come to church and say pastor do for me As I said last Sunday morning, it's not my job to make you spiritual, it's not my job to make you happy, because for some of you, I'd be failing miserably in both accounts. That's not my job. My job is to preach the Word of God, pray for you, to do whatever I can for you in that regard. You want to come to the house of God, I want to give something today. Now, there are times when we're in our valley, there are times when we are struggling. We need the message. We need the encouragement. We need to hear the singing of the songs, and it lifts our spirit. But we ought to walk to the house of God. I want to give something to God today. Don't come to God all the time with your hand out. Say, God, what can I do for you? What can I do for your work? What can I do for my fellow man? How can I be a blessing? It's not all about what we're supposed to be getting from God. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's the true priority. This this delivers us from selfishness and self-centeredness. Now, I have found, and I haven't pastored as long as others have, but I have found in my ministry that usually the ones that are doing the most complaining about what's going on in church give the least. Contribute the least. It's about what you give, not what you get. It's about what you contribute, not about what you receive. And can I tell you something? It is more spiritual to give than receive. Can I help us with with something else? You'll be happier the more you give to God... The more you do for God, the more you help other people. The most miserable people in the world are selfish, self-centered people waiting for everybody to do for them, to help them. Friend, I said it earlier, everybody's going to be weak at some point. Everybody's going to need help at some point, but we should not live our life. Everybody do for me. Everybody help for me. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's the true priority. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the cause of Christ. See, Paul understood that while in God's care, you have to have the true priorities. This brings us close to our God because we know the heart of God. It brings us close to God when our priorities are right. See, every Christian, this will help all of us. Every Christian ought to live according to what's important to God. Christians today choose a church on what they think is important, not concerning what God thinks is important. Christians today live based on how they think they should, not what God says He should. Well, I have an opinion about this. I'm sorry. God has never passed out a survey. He's not starting today. It's responsibility of you and I to say what is important to God, and let me make that my priority. And we live in a day-to-day where a lot of people want to dismiss Sunday being the Lord's Day, and and we only have this many days off, and and I have to be able to do this and this. Well, I happen to think that it's still a priority to God for Christians to be in church, in the house of God, on the first day of the week, I still think that's a priority of God's. You know what? I don't have an opinion in the matter. And quite frankly, if you have a different one than God, you can come and express it, but I'm just going to tell you, it's going in one ear and right out the other because God has already set the priority when it comes to your budget. What's the priority? Well, if I don't provide for my children... The Bible says I'm worse than an infidel. True. So you better prioritize right so that you can provide for your children. Your priority ought to be, what am I supposed to give to God? There's a lot of Christians living out of priority. Oh, that, that church just isn't meeting my needs. Are you tithing? How much are you giving? To the things, See, it's like, well, there it I knew I was in a Baptist church, and I was talking about money. Friend, I don't need your money. God don't need your money, but you need to give it. God has taken good care of this ministry. It's His church. He'll continue to take good care of it. But friend, I want the blessings of God. I love you enough to tell you you ought to be tithing, you ought to be given. it ought to be your priority, because I know what it'll do for you. I know how God will bless you. I know how God will meet your needs. I know how God will provide for your family. There's a lot. I believe this my whole heart. There's a lot of people who are sick, and they wouldn't be sick, and those doctors wouldn't be getting those bills if you were putting the money in the church like you were supposed to. Well, I can't afford to tithe. This is not in my notes, because I'm just, I'm just saying the Holy Spirit must have you circling in this area. If the average Christian would cut sin out of their budget they could tithe. What are you talking about? I don't have to tell you what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit just told you what I'm talking about. If the average Christian would cut sin out of their budget, they could tithe. And just in case there's somebody out there, well, I can afford both. You've got bigger issues that we need to talk about in a one-on-one setting probably. Priorities. Priorities. What is our priority? When you just depend on God to take care of you, your priorities will be right. Paul, in this emotional time, I'll not see you again. I want you to know I've invested in you. I want you to know I've prayed for you i loved you. I've given you the instruction that God has given me. I've set a good example. Now I commend you to God. There's no greater place they could have been than the care of God. Friend, there's only so much your pastor can do for you. There's only so much we can do for one another. The safest place, the greatest place that we can be is in the care of an almighty God. You'll find true comfort there knowing God is in complete control. God is more than able to meet my needs. The same grace of God that saved me is the same grace of God that will sustain me. In my dark hours when no man could help and I have to walk that valley all by myself, I have comfort in knowing the grace of God will sustain me. Oh, and the inheritance of God. All that God has as an heir, you and I have a right to. As a Christian, we have a right to. We find true comfort, we find true contentment. The reason why some Christians aren't content is because they've forgotten that God is in complete control. And we need to stay in His care. True ministry. True priorities. Friend, this morning, if you're not saved, you don't understand, you cannot comprehend what it means to have that burden off of you. This morning, if we had time, I could have Men and women in the building this morning give testimony of what God has done for them that moment they got saved. and They understand the joy of salvation. They understand what salvation has done for them and the grace of God. I would ask you this morning to consider are you ready to meet God? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? Christian, this morning you may be going through a battle. You may be going through a hard time. You may be walking through a valley. You may be facing uncertainty in ahead. Let me just remind you this morning: if you're in God's care, He's got it covered. He's got it under control. He'll need, well, I'm going to need this. Well, the moment you need it, it's amazing how on time God is. He's never been late. He's never come up short. He's always enough. And when you're in His care, it's amazing. You can be satisfied with that. You can be happy with that. You can be content with that. Just seeing what God will do for you in His care. Friend, this morning, I'm not leaving you that I know of. I'm not going away that I know of. But can I say, being in, can I commend you to, to the care of God? It's not up to your pastor to meet your needs. It's not up to your pastor or any man uh, to, to take care of you. But can I tell you this morning, there is one who has and there is one who will. And that's the Almighty God who fashioned all things with just the, just the words that He speaks. It's the Almighty God that keeps the earth Rotating on its axis. It's the Almighty God who keeps everything moving, everything going exactly as He sees fit. It's the Almighty God who care for your needs. If you're not saved, you can have true contentment. You can have true comfort. You gotta have true salvation.